This podcast is brought to you by Primary Intelligence, the leader in win-loss analysis, focused on helping businesses uncover the unique story of how each sales rep can win more deals. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sales Intelligence Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Queller. We have a very exciting episode today talking about the state of sales intelligence, from where it is today, where it's headed, and why it should matter to you and your sales team. Today, we have a very special guest joining me, Mr. Dan Dawson, a senior partner and chief sales officer at Force Management. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure's mine, my friend. Okay, I figured we'd just hop right into this and uh, start off by learning more about force management and what your company does. Now, what do you do? Tell me about force management. Uh, Well, force management is a consulting firm that focuses on sales execution, honestly. We we work in uh, largely in companies that are almost exclusively in companies that are selling to other businesses, their products and services, and usually where there's a very high value associated with it and typically a complex buying scenario uh, that goes on, which is seems to have simplified in some respects over the years with technology coming into play and then and, and but at the same time uh, has added complexity because of the kinds of decisions and so on that take place. But we work with those uh, our clients to help them sell more, right? It's certainly that, but, um, how to do that well. We're a methodology company, so we bring to the table a set of methodologies and an overarching methodology that helps them change the company behavior, team behaviors, and individual behaviors, which takes time. It's a change management effort in many respects. Basically, what we're contending with is helping an organization optimize their behaviors on a, on a company level, on an organizational level in sales and uh, on individual levels to make sure that they're connecting appropriately with their buyers. Got it. Tell me, but I want to hear, you know, what's your role? So that's what force management does. What do you do? Yeah, I lead the sales organization. So we get to uh, hopefully be the epitome of uh, sales behaviors that leaders in organizations uh, who are engaging with us, at least in a conversation to consider what we do, uh, they're they're uh, typically looking for some sort of model to help improve performance. Usually it's associated with business metrics like uh, accelerating growth, uh, increasing profitability, increasing the valuation of the company. Uh, so investors get um, uh, very interested in us because of the results that we, we uh, provide. But I manage the organization at Force Management and I'm engaged regularly with um, not only our leadership, uh, and our board, but um, with the salespeople and with the, the prospects and customers that we have. Uh, and we together create a better experience and better outcomes for our clients. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So Dan, I figured we'd start the episode with kind of defining what is sales intelligence? I would say sales intelligence is an amalgamation of several different things. Emotional intelligence is one of them. Mm. Uh, certainly intelligence, uh, being aware of things like the problems that you solve, being oriented around what the buyer is contending with, because they may not be buying because they don't actually understand or appreciate the, tra- the challenge or problem that's facing them. And so um, sales intelligence, the basis of what we do is what we call outcome in focused, outcome focused uh, salespeople. And 
um, making sure that they understand what those problems are and are clear on what the impact is for people, different roles inside of organizations, different people that own the problem versus supporting roles and organizations and what to do uh, with those. So how do you navigate an organization that's that may have 5,000 people in it, right? And they may have, for all you know, as a, as a seller, you may have 50 people that are involved in the, in the decision in one form or another, as a user, as a developer, as a whatever the case might be in terms of making a decision. Uh, so sales intelligence, if you think, if you boil it down to the simplest form, sales organizations, and specifically people and teams inside those that organization are tasked with, their mission is to connect one company with another and make something of that, something of value from that. Uh, I characterize it as creating value. You may have a product that, had, that represents some kind of value to the potential buyers out there, but they may or may not understand it. Uh, they may have other relationships or ideas of reality and so on. So the sales, salespeople need to help with all of that and contend with that buying process and make sure they're aligning with that in the, in the course of their efforts. So all of that's really about being, uh, being intelligent about what the situation is and going about your business in an appropriate way. And so sales intelligence, you know, it gets, it gets uh, aligned with um, artificial intelligence and machine learning and so on. And those are all important, but the basis of sales intelligence is really about human interaction. Yeah. So that, that's valuable. Uh, you made a, you made a bridge between the machine learning and AI on this side and on the other side, the human nature, the, the ability of people to draw value out uh, between two organizations for a lot of organizations, a lot of sales leaders, a lot of sales people, that is a bridge too far, right? That That's very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people in sales have a hard time coming from, here's a bunch of data from the AI, the machine learning, the, the data out there, and here's what I need to do. Uh, you know, why is that such a difficult gap? There's, there's a variety of things that probably contribute to that. I think foremost among those is uh, when you get salespeople in an organization all together too often, what we see when we come in is they've been trained, but guess what they got trained on? Their product. They got trained on their service and how that works and so how to pitch it and how to have a conversation about it. And that's not the point that a buyer is actually looking for, especially economic buyers in the equation where they own the problem of trying to go into a new market. Well, they may care less about how you go do that, right? Or what technology you have that's relevant to doing that. Uh, what they do care about is that, do you, does someone understand my problem? There's a lot of research that's gone on over time where they, you folks have done some research in that regard, executives and their experience with sellers. Uh, but uh, even older research, longer running research has been around, why do executives give access to salespeople? Well, they do because they bring something to the table for them. Uh, I had a, had a uh, head of sales tell me this one time. He said, look, I don't give, I don't give people meetings to, to give them all the information and the value. That's not why I give meetings and hold meetings with salespeople. I do that to learn about what's my competition doing? What is your perspective on the landscape of the, of the marketplace that we're in? Um, the general economy, the, the, the implications for my business. What are the things that I don't know about my organization that I need to know? for example. And so that is adding value as a, as a salesperson, which has nothing to do with your product directly. 
Yes, it ultimately does. You can make a you can make a connection there, but do it at the right time. Earn the right to do that is our vernacular about that. So what you Dan, what you where you just went uh, is fascinating. You mentioned the research that we've done. Uh, we've done we've been doing this for this type of research in right. win loss analysis and sales intelligence for twenty plus years, and we have found that what you just described we have an attribute label attached to it, and that's understanding business needs. And even if you just shortened it to understanding, <laughs> if right. you just demonstrate an understanding of the human being that's across from you or, you know, via Zoom or whatever, uh, that, that can impact. And you just mentioned uh, how a sales leader, a, a very powerful sales leader, leverages um, sales pitches to learn about competitive intelligence. If I'm a salesperson, if I understand that's what they're after, I would double down on that, right? Understanding that that's what they're they're really after. Give them the thing that they want and you earn a seat at the table. I'm curious, sales intelligence has over the years has evolved significantly. How has it evolved? What are some of the major or the key pieces of evolution of sales intelligence that you've seen? When you uh, look back at, at uh, way back in history, you can go back over a hundred years and uh, a pretty well-known organization, um, NCR, National Cash Register, actually had playbooks for their salespeople and trained them on that. Well, guess what? They trained them. They certainly learned how to use the cash register. But what they what they really helped them understand was what is the customer, the likely person who's going to buy this? Who is it? How do you get to them? And what kind of conversation do you have with them when you arrive? And what's the context of all that? Well, guess what? It was about the problem. It was about understanding your customer and the potential buyers, and they may not buy from you, but they're they're wrestling with similar kinds of problems that you're relevant to. And I think that that was simply uh, by the sheer willpower of the founders there to understand how best to promote the company. Well, that's you're not really promoting the company by pushing your product. You're promoting the company by creating a great experience. Uh, Steve Jobs, late much later. Uh, <laughs> And, and more, more recently said, uh, look, when you're interacting with a buyer or a customer, you're either doing one, you're doing one of two things. You're either making a brand deposit or a brand withdrawal. Well, which is it? You get to decide which it is, but you have to purposefully make brand deposits. You can accidentally make withdrawals and you can sometimes purposely make withdrawals. But that's, that's how do you decide what that is? That's from intelligence of, of understanding your customer and getting out there and, and learning about them and being a student of their world to basically really appreciate the situation that they're in. Um, what's constant is that there is a landscape on the buying side of the equation and the using, the being a customer side of the equation that has to be known by and understood clearly by the selling entity, by the delivering entity, and purposefully making sure that we in our world are all working to align ourselves across the whole company, even those that are anonymous to the buyers and the customers that are out there. They never, they, they, they never knew Joe who developed the software or, or Peggy who, who put together the, the idea of putting storage together to create massive storage and solutions for customers, for example. Uh, but th those folks are aligned around how do we solve a problem and a challenge for customers. So from a sales leader perspective here, uh, I'm very curious to understand the salesperson, the individual salesperson. Uh, there is a lot 
demanded of them today that wasn't demanded of them previously, or if it was demanded, it was demanded differently. And that is specifically uh, specific to the amount of tech that they have to navigate. The tech stack in a salesperson's arsenal at this point is massive, right? It really is. You've got 10 different platforms a salesperson might need to be in. Uh, why do we need that tech stack, first of all? Why do you need the intelligence? And second, how do, you, how do they navigate this? What do they do? It's uh, <laughs> a good question. Um, by the way, when I got my first tech job, it was at Intech. It was a company named Decision Data. I got a phone book and directions to not come back until I got an order. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, the tech stack was very different back then. Yeah, right? it was very different. A phone, yeah. right? Yeah. And not a very good one even at that. Uh, plus a car and go show up, right? That's right. Uh, so uh, the I think the, the mission is still the same, but the, the tech stack my perspective on this is you know, the company need to be real careful about what they decide to uh, impose upon a sales organization uh, and the organization at large. I think uh, that's the struggle of a particular software that we've seen. I mean, it's been eating the world for a while, but it's also disrupting itself on a regular basis, right? Low code, no code sorts of things are one part of it, the technical aspects of it, yes, but how do you actually help salespeople be more productive. And if you're not careful, what you what you end up with is a tax where, and, and salespeople perceive CRM systems to be that, exactly. Uh, all too often, it's been that way from its inception. And uh, it's if you're not careful, it's not adding value, it's subtracting value for the salesperson. Question is, well, what, what do you want their career to actually be? Selling or keeping track of what they were doing during the selling, which in my view, is a tax and it subtracts from selling time. And anything that subtracts from selling time is kind of a problem. You think about it, uh, since that's the core mission, it should be enhancing that quality and quantity of that, of that time spent by the salesperson. So I think there's a case for less is more, but I think there's a case for continuing to look as a consumer, as a, as a customer of these tech companies, uh, for what does the best job of providing quantity and quality of time, quantity and quality of leads and meetings and, uh, and the, the kinds of, of uh, activities that need to happen for a salesperson and a team to be successful. Yeah, so. I, really, I really liked what you said, uh, uh, that, that idea of the tax. Um, absolutely. We've seen it a million times in, in my own sales career, in my own leading in sales and uh, in consulting with other organizations that we work with. Um, yeah, oh, here we go. Here's another product, another tool, another thing. Um, if it does not enhance their ability to sell, then, then it could be seen as another thing. From your perspective here, Dan, what are some of the most important sales intelligence components for a salesperson? What, what does a salesperson actually need to know? Well, first and foremost, what it is, the, the, the best salespeople ask the four essential questions in my book. They're, they're, if you're looking to go take a, a, a position in a company, they're going to ask you about those four essential questions, right? What problems are we solving with this? How do we go solve those problems? How do we do that as an organization, as a, with the product and, and so on? How, how does this thing work better and differently than what they're doing right now, where I can have a basis for a conversation at least? Uh, and can you give me some proof points where there's examples where, I, where it's been done before? Because 
asking the right questions and having the right insight are uh, tantamount to uh, understanding that problem and helping the buyers appreciate it more fully, at least in some cases. In other cases, they need to know when to shut up and take the order, <laughs> right? Don't talk yourself out of some, some business. But I think they mainly it's that. The technology and so on, it can be learned. Most people can pick up on it. Some people have a different kinds of aptitude for it. But um, if you're not, if you don't understand how to navigate an organization, especially a complex organization that has a lot of different players in it, how does that organization manage their technology? How do they make decisions about it? Um, what do you what do you do to, if not win over, appease the the uh, uh, information technology organization IT versus satisfy the needs of the business uh, team for which the IT is organized to serve. Uh, they don't always get that right either. They're, they're not always aligned in that thing. So how do you help them with that? So sellers need to know uh, a lot about the things around what their products do, as well as one of the other things in this old, that research that I mentioned uh, before uh, is, is um, executives want salespeople who will marshal resources for them. That's what they're looking for, and they they uh, we are, we have another saying ourselves that that uh, you get relegated to who you sound like. So if you're addressing, if you're up up there pitching your product and so on, guess who you get ultimately get to talk to? And you might have burned a bridge with an executive if you're talking about bits and bytes that they don't understand and don't care about because they don't care about how it gets done. The IT organization may care about how it gets done, but as an economic buyer, as a, a leader of a business unit. They care about what gets done and what the outcome is. And that's um, much of what the salesperson's job is, is helping to connect all that. And what you mentioned before about if they understand improperly, they'll connect the wrong dots and go down the wrong path. Uh, yeah. So so that, that makes perfect sense to me. As a sales leader, um, you know, what is the, the biggest eye-opening moment, a sales leader or a rep that you've been working with has experienced? You know, give, give me a, a case study of uh, when things really went for them. The fellow I'm going to tell you about is uh, his son actually works for me now. Uh, oh, no kidding. <laughs> I, uh, the, the, uh, I first met him at um, RSA and he was an, uh, an area vice president at the time. And uh, he was, he was struggling. He tells this story way better than I do, by the way, but he, he, he was struggling with what is this, this, idea of value and is value in the mind of the buyer or is it in the mind of the seller and in the product and the solution? Well, it's kind of in the product and the solution, but it's actually in the mind of the buyer and value is really the determination of well, how big is the problem or the opportunity that I'm trying to pursue, which is just another problem. Uh, and, and what's the value? What is it worth to do something about that? And that may go up or down based upon whether it's worthy, whether it's a, you can measure that problem and so on. Well, he hit, so it's in the mind of the buyer period is where the locus of that, um, that, that uh, challenge exists for salespeople. And he, he, uh, he had this aha moment. He said, man, I can't believe it. I now realize what this is. And so he had just lost a million dollar deal. And, um, they he called and begged his uh, person he knew best there. They were they were a customer previously, but they had told him that they were going to go with a different vendor 
and so on. Uh, and so he called and begged for a meeting and went in and began to do some of the things that we espoused. Number one, to do some discovery questions about their problem. And uh, in the course of doing that, set himself apart from other players and uh, helped help them come to understand the problem a little bit better. And finally, the guy stopped them in the middle of the conversation and said, wait a second, you, you've been to some sort of training or something that's happened here. And he said, yeah, it's something that's commanded a message from force management. He said, uh, uh, he said, hang, hang tight for a second. He ended up bringing in the CFO and uh, they talked for a while longer. And the long and the short of it is because they said, look, no one's ever acted like this. They always come in and pitch their product and we're the ones that have to put the dots together to figure out, well, how does this thing work? And how do we get to the outcome that we're really looking for in their case, security. And, uh, they said, you know something, we are, we've issued a PO to this other company. We're going to reverse that. And uh, now that we understand the, the situation better and can appreciate this more fully, you're clearly the right kind of uh, the company for our, for what we needed to be doing. So they literally rescinded the PO from the competition and uh, the deal ended up being three times the size that they started. Uh, in the process because they were actually solving problems that the customer cared about in the course of it. And before then, he had been a pitch, pitch, pitch kind of a person mm. that was actually not aligned and not set with the buyer, not aligned with the buyer and how they buy and what they were trying to solve and uh, what hadn't been differentiating himself in the process. It always doesn't happen like that, but you get early returns when people get that aha moment and suddenly begin to behave in a way that's valuable for their buyers. That's by the way, by why buyers avoid sellers. They avoid them because they they talk trash, right? They're talking about all their stuff. They don't even care about what the buyer is trying to do. Uh, they don't know how to care. They don't know they're supposed to care. Um, a lot of salespeople will say, my product value proposition is talking to their business need or their business problem. And it's not always the case, right? Oftentimes right. you're, you're value proposition is is very narrow and not and, and might be talking to the greater thing, but we need to be listening, understanding, connecting those dots, like you mentioned. So Dan, from your perspective, what do you see as the top, you know, one, two or three things that a business, a leader can do to improve sales and intelligence? I think the third item is an important one. And I'll, I'll come to that, but about measuring mm-hmm. and managing it. But first of all, it's aligning the company with the outcomes that you espouse in the uh, that you that you say and purport that your product or solution services provide how do you get to the outcomes how do they get to the outcomes what are the things that impede those outcomes uh, and sub-optimize outcomes even when they invest in in your product how do you help them be successful at doing whatever it is you're asking them to do to use a product or a service uh, so align around that and those outcomes. Then I'd say um, develop and maintain an engagement model and approach that helps accomplish that, helps helps um, and, and promote the idea that you're different and you want the experience with your buyers to be great, to be a great experience and is focused on getting great outcomes for them. Do everything that you do re- related to that your sales process, all those sorts of things. Uh, and then finally, hold each other accountable, measure it and manage it. And uh, that's where tech comes in. It can be helpful and not necessarily intrusive or taking anybody's time. It could be saving time in the process with, a, with no tech, 
and I, I prefer that sort of scenario, no taxes. Um, but the, but uh, the fact is that the technology can definitely help and that intelligence can be something that's built up and, and you're aware of and how you're different and so on. But holding yourself accountable to certain standards and behaviors in the course of that. That, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, listen, Dan, thank you so much for being on our show today. This, this was an invaluable conversation. We've really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much. To join, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Look forward to doing it again sometime. Absolutely. Before we leave, uh, you know, what, where can people find out more about force management? Yeah, well, at, at uh, forcemanagement.com, www.forcemanagement spelled out.com. Uh, and we, we'll, uh, we have technology in our own right to help people execute in the methodologies that we bring to the table. There's a variety of them. But you can, uh, you know, you can reach me directly at ddawson at forcemanagement.com or the website's there and there's plenty of ways to contact us. That's great. And listeners, don't forget to check out the description of this podcast where you'll be able to find free resources to help you improve your sales intelligence from primary intelligence. Make sure to subscribe and tune in next week as we continue to explore topics on how to improve sales intelligence, increase win rates, and elevate sales enablement. In the meantime, check us out at primary-intel.com. That's primary-intel.com to find more on how you can tap into your buyer feedback to win more deals. And we'll see you next time.